one of the most talked about teams right now in the entire Big 12 is the Baylor Bears. And that's because of what's happening, not just in football, but in basketball. Ashley Hodge joining us, one of the owners of Sikkim 365. Those guys do an outstanding job covering everything Baylor Bears. And just a reminder, guys, before we get it going, please leave that rating, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We appreciate uh, you doing that wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. If you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. To Ashley, let's start off with uh, football here because Matt Rule leaves for the Carolina Panthers. Is there anything, as this thing has taken a week or so to digest into the system of Baylor Bears fans, is there anything that could have been done to keep this guy, or was he out the door? Well, in hindsight, I don't think there was. I think they were paying him as a top five coach in college football. Uh, they were giving his coordinators incredible money. He had a huge budget for his, his staff and his assistants. They were going to build him a football operations center that was going to cost, you know, upwards of $60 million. Uh, so that was getting off the ground. So, you know, in hindsight, I think it was just his dream to coach in the NFL. And he got an opportunity where he got full control. And so he pursued that dream. And then he got, you know, paid really well to do it. So, uh, no, I don't think in hindsight, Baylor could have done anything to, to keep him. Still in Ashley, you know, the Baylor reaction with the fan base. I mean, I've said the following, which is basically, if you think about it, if you told Baylor fans three, four weeks ago, or three, four years ago, excuse me, hey, here's the deal. You're going to go 1-11 and with this guy in year one. You're going to be playing for a Big 12 title in year three, but then he's going to leave you. Every fan would have signed up for that at the time, right? So I don't sure. think anybody, sure. you know, you can be disappointed, but I don't think you can really be mad. Yeah, and it's it's not a real surprise. It wasn't like there was any secret that he was flirting with the NFL. He did it after every off season, you know. So certainly, we thought this day was coming. When he signed the extension in the fall, we thought it might be three to five years down the road. And the plan was to to further groom Joey McGuire and then hand the baton to Joey McGuire. You know, I think that was that was certainly the the idea, the plan. Uh, you know that they wanted to you know get Joey McGuire as a coordinator and and keep you know training him to be the next head coach and 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 I think some of the fallout of Rule leaving early is that you know I don't know if Mac Rhodes is going to feel comfortable handing that baton to Joey McGuire now you know that may have really uh, hurt Joey McGuire's chances to get the head coaching job at least this go around uh, but we'll see I mean it, Mac Rhodes is a vault. If, if you have a secret in life, uh, Mac Rhodes is your guy because, like the last coaching search, he's done a great job of keeping you know this circle very very tight. Uh, no one's leaking information, and so I've heard names, and I could throw out some of the names that I've heard, but um, but certainly you know I, I think that you you can take it with a grain of salt because because Mac Rhodes does a really good job of just keeping this. Uh, you know, search uh, close to the best. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, you know, Joey McGuire is the name that obviously a lot of people are talking about. Who else, from what you've heard, is is in the mix, is in this conversation? Well, some of the names I've heard just in text conversations with, you know, typical insiders at Baylor are Fickle at Cincinnati, uh, Napier at ULL, who went 11 and – or maybe 12 and, 11 and 3, 12 and 3 this year. I mean, 11 and 3. Uh, Gundy at, at Oklahoma State. His name came up last coaching search. Uh, Chris Peterson at Washington was an interesting name uh, that that I've heard. 
uh, Fuente at Virginia Tech, and then Gus Malzahn at Auburn. So I, I, I really think my hunch is that if Mac Rhodes is going to go, uh, those are some big names. Those other, some actually those are some big names, man. Big names, big names, and and you know Baylor pays at the top of the food chain. I mean they pay in the top ten mm-hmm. uh, for coaches, especially those with skins on you know skins on the wall. Uh, I think if he's going to go with somebody that's that's not a coordinator, uh, you know, if, if, if he's going to go like a coordinator route, he's going to go McGuire. I'm, I'm pretty convinced about that. Yeah. So the only reason he wouldn't go McGuire, in my opinion, and it's just an opinion, is that uh, he would go with a, a a proven head coach that's that's you know won at at the either Power Five level or or the G Five level, and and has shown some level of success. So so that's. Uh, that's the um, assumption that I'm working on. Interesting. That that would make sense. So we either go down the road of big name who's done it at a high level as a head coach, or it's Joey McGuire. So I mean, wh- what are Joey McGuire's odds right now? You see all the the movement on social media where you know players are vouching for Joey McGuire. I mean, uh, not just like you know some of the I don't want to say no names, but this is like Charlie Brewer is making the case for Joey McGuire, right? So. I know that you can't make a decision of this importance based on what 18 to 22 year olds think, but how does that play into this here? Oh, he's wildly popular. I mean, he's, he's done nothing but uh, endear himself to Baylor fans. I remember his first year when rule was interviewing with the uh, Colts, uh, Joey McGuire. I was at a, a dinner for a high school award ceremony and I was sitting at a table with Joey McGuire and Joey, you know, was was just couldn't have said anything more to endear himself to the Baylor fans at the table. You know, he's like, I love Baylor. This place is special. You know, I want to be here the rest of my career, whether it's as an assistant or if I one day get, get an opportunity to be the head coach. I mean, he said, you know, he definitely is a enthusiastic. He's elite at the skill of developing relationships with people. And, you know, and Matt Rule is also elite in that regard. And so I think from that standpoint, uh, McGuire would be great. You know, I, he's, he's terrific managing people. He's terrific motivating people. And he's terrific at developing relationships. Um, and, and, I, and I have 100% confidence if he was chosen that he would do a great job. And, and I like him a lot. And, and most Baylor fans will say the same thing. So, and, you're see, and you're seeing the players obviously echo those comments. You know, he's wildly popular as a coach. Uh, does a great job encouraging and and you know giving discipline when necessary. Uh, just you know, guy, guy that people want to play for. So, what is the concern then with McGuire? Is it that he was a high school coach as of four years ago, and you know this is still the college level is still new to him? I mean, is that is that the concern? Because as far as I can tell, that's the only concern. He's got the recruiting ties to the state, right? He knows the high school level very well in that state, which is wildly important for that job. Yeah, I. You know, I don't know what the concerns would be. I mean, that would be a, a question to ask Mac Rhodes after the coaching search. Um, he seems to me like he fits, you know, everything that's needed to, to be a successful head coach in college. And, and certainly you can look no further than the national championship game tonight, you know, to see examples of guys that were promoted from within and, um, and then even Ohio State as well that, that have had a lot of success. Um, you know, just coming up through, you know, as, as uh, position coaches or coordinators on, on their own team. I, you know, I guess the plan with Rule was 
you know, that Joey would uh, move around different positions, um, and then he would eventually become a coordinator, and then and then eventually take over the the baton as the head coach. And so he hasn't been a coordinator on the college level, so that may be one concern. And then Mac Rose has also hired a couple of um, guys from within in the past that didn't didn't light the world on fire. Barry Odom at Missouri being the last one, uh, so that may also be playing in the back of his mind as well. I mean, you've got a situation where Mac Rhodes has said over and over again, you know, Baylor's got to get football right. We've got the next stage of realignment, you know, staring us down in a few years. And so for that reason, you know, you, you just have to, you have to pay top dollar. You have to pour lots of money into facilities. Uh, you have to compete with, you know, the top programs in the country. And, you know, so that's his mindset. You know, so knowing that mindset, yeah. um, he's not going to try to do it on the cheap, you yeah. know. Very interesting. Ashley Hodges joining us, uh, one of the owners of Sikkim 365. They do great work covering the Baylor Bears and uh, everything involving that program. So, Ashley, uh, last thing on the football front, as you look at this program moving forward, the amount of close wins, of course, that this team had this past season, I, I don't care who you are, you need a couple of breaks to win that many close games. So with what is being lost, looking ahead, new coach, what are we putting as realistic expectations for this team in 2020? Well, uh, we talked before the season, and, and I thought that this could be a special year because the schedule set up so favorably. They had most of the tough games at home, Oklahoma and Texas, two of them, Iowa State. And they, you know, the road games were winnable, you know, places like Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas, and Kansas State, and they, and they won all those road games. Uh, so, you know, I think next year they're going to take a step back in record. And and today, James Lynch announced that he's going to the NFL draft. Graylin Arnold has already announced that he's going in the NFL draft. So there's a lot of losses on defense. Uh, I think you'll see the defense take a major step back as a result. And and they also have five games on the road in the Big 12. They got to go to Tech. They got to go to West Virginia. They got to go to Texas. They got to go to OU. And uh, got to go to Iowa State, you know. So, so those are five tough places to win. So, I, I think a reasonable expectation next year is probably somewhere around the eight win mark. Um, you know, and they would have a terrific team to to accomplish that. You know, because because of the, how tough the schedule lines out. In the non conference, uh, they got Louisiana Tech. I, I think it was a nine or ten win team. They played them in Waco, and then they got Ole Miss in Houston. Uh, so they step up in competition on the non conference schedule as well. Uh, and then they've got an easy uh, game against a uh, FCS school. I can't remember the school off the top of my head. But uh, but anyway, it's 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 going to be a more challenging schedule next year. So I think eight wins is reasonable. And and I will make one comment. You know, if if you think about Matt Rule and just being in the right place at the right time, uh, th- this is a um, statistic that will probably surprise a lot of people. I mean, here's a guy that just got an NFL job, over sixty million dollars in guaranteed money. And his best win at the college level, uh, just at least as far as ranked teams going in, you know, at the time he played them, was against number 19 Navy when he was at Temple. Uh, he didn't beat a ranked team while he was at Baylor, but yet, you know, he parlayed that into an 11 win season and a uh, $60 million plus NFL uh, contract. So, so I think your point is, is very valid that there were a lot of close games this year, a lot of games that could have gone either way. And it just it just fell, you know, to be a really special season for Baylor, and um, you know they weren't able to get over the hump and beat a, a a top fifteen or top twenty five program this year. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great little tidbit. Ashley Hodge joining us, one of the owners of Sikkim 365. Ashley, let's talk about this uh, this basketball team, man. Scott Drew goes into Lawrence. He gets a win on the road against the Kansas Jayhawks. First time he's done that. I, I mean, the excitement around this team right now is incredible, and what do you attribute that to? Culture. I, I went with the team to Italy in August. I, my son and I went on a 11-day uh, foreign tour and we were embedded with the team the whole time he has created a tremendous culture uh these guys are blue collar guys you know i don't think he has any recruits that are top 50 recruits and in fact i I tweeted this out when when baylor beat texas uh scott drew's eight and two against shaka smart and and on that particular game there were nine top 75 recruits on they were playing for shaka smart and only one uh, top 75 recruit for Baylor. So they've just done a good job of identifying guys that fit their system, that work hard, that love to be in the gym, want to improve. They redshirt guys, which is kind of rare in college basketball. You know, I would say that Gonzaga and Baylor have really made that their focus, you know, getting guys in that may be a little bit under the radar and then redshirting them and, uh, you know, getting transfers and, and those guys really improving during their transfer year. And then, you know, they've gotten a few good breaks. Like Jared Butler was certainly a good break. Uh, Originally scheduled to go to Alabama and had a heart condition. Baylor had had some experience with guys with heart conditions. Uh, King McClure and Joe Ashuel were two that that had issues. And so he came to Baylor and uh, they felt comfortable clearing him medically. And he's been one of the best players in the country and and certainly proved that against Kansas uh, on Saturday. Yeah. So now, Ashley, I mean, you know, you come off this one, you never want to be the team that's peaking in January, right? Like you always want to be the team that's peaking at the right time, February, going into March. Uh, What does this Baylor team need to do to make sure that we look at this past Saturday and we don't say that was the highlight of the season? Well, you know, they have gotten fairly inconsistent, excuse me, inconsistent play from Devontae Bandu, who is a really good player, great shooter, uh, can take the ball to the hoop and score. He's coming off the bench this year. So I think you're going to see a lot better performances from Bandu going forward. Uh, he's, he's a terrific three-point shooter. Uh, made a lot of big shots last year for them on on a tournament team. But then the big, the big piece of the puzzle is Tristan Clark. Before the season started, Tristan Clark was Andy Katz, Carl Malone, big power forward of the year. And, he, because of some issues with his knee, he's recovering slower than expected from uh, knee surgery in the spring. He hasn't been even close to the to the Tristan Clark that we knew at the uh, before the knee injury. Uh, he was averaging 15 points, six seven rebounds, and two blocks a game last year before he got hurt. So, so if they can get him back to a reasonable form of himself, that gives them one one more inside presence. You know, Freddie Gillespie in my mind, has been playing better than any Big 12 big. And, and I know he doesn't have the stats to, to say that he should be all Big 12, but, but when you consider he doesn't turn the ball over, he blocks you know, two to three shots a game, he plays elite defense. You know, he, his defense on Azubuki, holding Azubuki to six points on Saturday was incredible. He's incredibly smart. You're talking about a guy that came from Carleton College in Minnesota, one of the best – uh, colleges academically out there walked on to Baylor and has developed himself into an NBA prospect, a seven, six wingspan 
You know, he he finishes shots in the paint, shoots a high percentage, shoots well from the free throw line. I mean, I, I just I just don't know how any other big man can make a claim that they have a better all around game than Freddie Gillespie right now. So so if they could if you could put a Tristan Clark with Freddie Gillespie, then you've got something really special. I, I think they're going to be hard to beat in March. So uh, let's look then at the Big 12 in general. Ashley Hodge, one of the owners of Sikkim 365, joining us. I know basketball is really your your bread and butter, Ashley. Sure. If you've seen Kansas, uh, you've seen some of these teams in the Big 12 right now. How do you how do you kind of stack and, and look at this conference top to bottom through a couple of weeks of Big 12 play? I would say that certainly from what I've seen, that Kansas, Baylor, and West Virginia are in that top tier. Uh, they seem to have separated themselves as potential contenders, you know, for a Big 12 title. Mm-hmm. And then I think after that, you probably have to put um, Texas Tech and I and I guess TCU. I mean, we'll see. I probably put Oklahoma in that in that class as well. You know, I think those are the next three best teams: uh, Tech, TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech is. I, I saw them. I went to that game in Lubbock. And I think, you know, they've got, a, of course, a great coach and, and a, you know, a lot of good wing players. But really, they have no inside presence. And, and I think they're going to really struggle against Baylor, Kansas, and West Virginia, you know, three teams that can really punish them on the glass. I think Baylor out-rebounded them, something like 48-25. to 25 or You know, so it, was, it, was, it was a significant margin. Uh, and I think Kansas and, and West Virginia are going to probably do the same. You know, West, West Virginia – I, I didn't. I didn't look at the rebounding numbers, but West Virginia was able to, you know, really uh, beat them up on the glass uh, Saturday when they played them in, in Morgantown. Uh, so then after that, you know, I think you got Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. Probably, probably as teams that um, don't look like they have a great shot to make the tournament, and barring some crazy run. Uh, but those those six that I mentioned earlier are probably your teams that that are going to be vying for tournament bids. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow this uh, Big 12 race, and Baylor right now is at the uh, top of the food chain until proven otherwise. He's Ashley Hodge. Uh, give him a follow. Those guys do great work at Sikkim 365 covering the Baylor Bears. Ashley, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, you got the best uh, podcast, your best uh, thing going in for Big 12 fans. Thank you so much for what you do. I listen every single time, and uh, – you do a great job. Thanks, Pete. Well, some very kind words there from Ashley Hodge, Sikkim 365. Really appreciate his time and some insight into the Baylor Bears and Big 12 hoops as well. I'm Pete Mundo or Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks to each and every one of you for listening. Please leave that rating, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review, we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. And all you've got to do is email me, Pete. Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon here in Heartland College Sports Weekly.